The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of Crown Point Baptist Church and Pastor Mark Ermler. Spring is coming. We know when, when the summer season is here, the fall season or winter creeps up on us. Well, spiritually, are we in tune with what's going on? And uh, can we know the, the signs of the times? The Scripture goes on and says in verse 33, So likewise ye, when ye shall see these things, know that it is near, even at the door. The Scripture goes on and tells us, Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. It's going to be a similarity between what we're going to be studying way back in Genesis uh, chapter 4, 5, 6, and 7, and 8 with really what's going to be taking place on this planet uh, prior to God's return. And so the Bible tells us, for as in the days that were before the flood, verse 38, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Father, we just ask this morning that as we kick off this new series that, uh, God, you would use it to strengthen our faith. Lord, help us to realize that we're living uh, in exciting times. And God, we are asking that as we study your word together, that, God, our hearts would be drawn to you. Lord, to your word, to your truth, to walking uh, distinctly, distinctively different in the world that you've placed us in. And God, I pray that uh, through this series of messages that we would, uh, most of all, just be drawn near to you. And uh, in preparation uh, for that uh, eventual day that we'll be with you forever. Thank you for each one that's here this morning. Help me, Lord. Guide my heart, guide my mind, my lips. Uh, Lord, thank you for everyone that's here. Give us all ears to hear. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, this morning here, uh, I'd like uh, to begin by just uh, recognizing that the Scripture is filled with uh, a wonderful truth that deals with a world that was and a world that will yet be. And sometimes as, as mankind looks at these Bible stories, they'll call these stories legends. And yet you and I, if we're believers, we look at the Word of God and we say, well, that's not a legend, that's God's Word. That's truth. Uh, it's not the story of Noah or the legend of Noah. It is historical fact. And I want to encourage even young people here, college-age young people over these next couple of weeks to, to be here because the Scripture is clear as the days of Noah were. If we, if we can get a handle on how it was in the days of Noah, we're going to better understand our time and uh, what's going on in our world. So uh, the life of Noah is history, not historical fact. Uh, it is. It is. Uh, uh, it is not. I'm sorry. Historical fiction. It is historical fact. 
And there's so much evidence uh, for a worldwide flood just as God said in his word. Matter of fact, there's over 270 legends around the world from every culture concerning here this worldwide flood. Now, I've got a slide with just a a few of these nations here, and uh, what we have is just really a listing and how similar they are in so many other, uh, in different ways. And we're talking about uh, just a small sample of the over 200 uh, uh, legends, stories around the world of a a catastrophe that came. Notice what they have in in common there. On the left-hand side, man is uh, transgressing against God. Uh, Divine destruction. There was a favored family. Uh, And so we'll see that in a lot of the different uh, uh, Noah legends. Uh, There was an ark that was provided uh, prior to uh, the destruction. The destruction came by water. Now look at that, almost all the way across. Almost all the way across, destruction here by water. There were humans that were saved. There were some animals that were saved, but universal destruction. And so we see here that, uh, yes, um, the Word of God speaks of such a time, and history has recorded such a time. Now, you've got to remember, Noah had three sons, right? And uh, then we see shortly after, as the population here of the earth began to grow, uh, there was that time at Babel, and they were scattered across the face of the earth. And so these stories end up in multiple dif- different places in, 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 in the world. And, and we can, as Christians, recognize, well, God's Word is authoritative, and we can just trust God's Word completely. Now, uh, there is, um, going back to the Noah uh, account in Genesis chapter number 6, and I'd like you to go there just a moment. And this is just by way of introduction. We're not going to deal... Uh, with the flood yet, but I, I do want to kind of whet your appetite just a little bit. I want you to go to this next slide. And uh, just uh, within the last few years, scientists have discovered, would you believe, uh, an underground ocean that has three times the capacity of what all the oceans of the earth have right now? You say, Pastor, why is that so significant? Well, because my Bible gives the true story on how the whole world could be covered with water. You see, the scoffers have said, ha, huh, just because it rained 40 days, how are you going to cover all the mountains of the earth? Well, the Bible doesn't say it just rained 40 days. The Bible says so much more. Uh, for instance, as you go here to Genesis chapter number 7, And the Bible does tell us that it began began to rain, and it's going to rain here for 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, Look at verse number 11 of chapter 7. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up. Can I tell you something? The water didn't just come from above. The water came from below. And, and really the topography of the earth was not necessarily the topography that we see today. 
Uh, You could have had so much that was taking place in the shifting of the crust of the earth and all that was going on that these mountains are rising up maybe uh, to, to heights that they had never been before. But you can trust the Word of God. You know, when when people say, well, where did all this water come from? And what is God talking about, all this water coming? And just in the last 10, 12 years, they're discovering oceans that have a greater capacity than all of what we see on the surface of the planet. It's amazing. God's Word is true. And although maybe at the time we don't recognize it, we don't see it, we don't understand it, it doesn't mean it's not true. Uh, The book of Job is a wonderful example of where to go to read. And boy, men have scratched their heads reading through that, wondering how in the world is this possibly true? And yet we have seen time after time, science, uh, they come along eventually to say, wow, yes, that is truth. That is real. Uh, This next slide here has uh, just a little uh, explanation of uh, where this water is, and it's actually encapsulated here in these uh, subterranean stones. It's called ringwoodite, and uh, Brother Hank, you can just get on your computer there and look that up, all right? Uh, And he says he's always checking up on me on Google through the message, so uh, if you see him going at it, Hank's just checking it out, all right? So here we have just uh, uh, things that have been found out just in the last 10, 12, 14 years. It's astounding. I saw a recent article that said, you know, there's even more water encapsulated. And uh, some of this is in uh, uh, like a diamond kind of uh, a stone. And uh, this water is absorbed in that. And I'm not a scientist. I don't understand all of it. But I do recognize that God did because he made it. And he spoke about it uh, long before the scientists discovered it. You say, how did they discover this? Oh, uh, it was spewed from a a volcano. And they came across it and they were able to examine it. And now through their studies and what they're able to do, uh, they're able to say, listen, there's a lot more water under the mantle of the earth than above. Uh, Can I take you to Job for just a moment? Job chapter number 38 such an awesome book that deals with so much that man has not been able to understand and really that's what this book is about here's what god told job in job 38 verse 4 where wast thou when i laid the foundations of the earth declare if thou hast understanding he said listen you weren't there you didn't see it you didn't know what i was doing and how i was doing it uh, and uh, if, you, if, you, if you were, then you, you speak up. You declare it. Now, later on in chapter 38, this is what's kind of uh, amazing. And up until recently, how, how would you interpret verse number 29? Uh, uh, let me do verse 29. Uh, Out of whose womb came the ice and the hoary frost of heaven, and who gendereth it? The waters are hid as with a stone, and the face of the deep is frozen. I, again, I don't understand all the ways of God. And I don't understand how God created what He created when He created it. But I do know that I can trust God's Word. What I do know is that if God said it, that settles it. Whether I believe it or not. All right, We used to have that bumper sticker, God said it. 
uh, I believe it, that settles it. Forget the I believe it. If God said it, it settles it. Uh, And it doesn't matter who believes it or who doesn't believe it. And the truth is, God has spoken, and I can trust His Word. Uh, You know, there was a day when geology books were a little different than they are today. I want you to see this slide. This is from the early 1900s. And uh, if you were uh, attending school uh, in your geology class, you would have had a picture like this drawn. And uh, this picture actually is petrified trees uh, somehow growing up through, through, uh, and I'm going to put in quotation marks, millions of years of strata. Well, isn't that what they're trying to tell us, right? Uh, So somehow this petrified forest is growing right up through this sediment for, as the scientists say or the geologists say today, millions of years. Uh, Boy, you don't see that anymore, although that's found really all over the world. Uh, Things that people can't understand. What's really uh, kind of uh, boggles the mind a little bit when you look at those petrified uh, trees, some of them are uh, upside down. Uh, not in that picture, but as you actually go there, they are upside down. So the, the root is up high as, uh, as the rest of the tree is, is pointed down, and you're going, what in the world could have done that? Well, how about a worldwide flood? How, how about God here judging this planet and the aftermath of that being, uh, oh, let's just say a whole lot of destruction? Destruction like you and I cannot even imagine. And uh, how uh, there, as the waters subsided, what was left behind. Some of you are old enough to remember this next slide, Mount St. Helen. Uh, There's uh, May uh, 16th on your left, or or I I could say even 17th. And there's uh, May 18th, 1980. And... Again, the destruction uh, of, uh, of the top face, the north face here of Mount St. Helen. And, and the absolute destruction that took place. They said that it was comparable to 40 atom bombs going off. 80,000 feet up into the air, the ash went. Uh, it landed in 11 different states, going as far east as the very uh, northern, uh, let's say, northwest edge of Minnesota, and going down to New Mexico. I mean, it was, it was amazing here, the destructive power of that uh, volcanic eruption. Now, the next picture is, is, is quite interesting because it gives you uh, a picture of what took place, the force of it. Those are trees that are, that are laying down. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. I've, I've, you know, I wasn't able to be up in that area during that time in the early 1980s. But, you know, they look like little toothpicks, don't, don't, don't they? Just stripped of everything and just, and just laying down. Well, many of you know there are many earthquakes that took place uh, during that time. And after these earthquakes, one of the largest mudslides ever that just took a lot of that debris and uh, just let it uh, uh, go down into Spirit Lake there at the base of Mount St. Helen. Well, let's go to the next slide, and I want you just to see the aftermath of that. 
And so now you have all of these logs that uh, really are, are being stripped bare because they're hitting each other and the bark's coming off and all the vegetation and, of course, just the blast itself and, and what it did. And, and it's just a very amazing kind of picture. Here's an aerial view. Uh, it's just astounding, isn't it? On, uh, on the devastation that took place. One volcanic eruption. We're not talking about here the whole world. And, and if you can imagine the fountains of the deep bro- breaking up, what in the world was taking place here on this planet? And aren't, uh, uh, you know, as we think about it, I'm sure no one and his family are thinking, boy, am I glad I'm inside this ark and not outside this ark. Right? Uh, because that is utter destruction. And then you had something happen at Spirit Lake. That's kind of interesting. Here's the next slide. All of a sudden, you got all of these trees that are getting waterlogged. And these waterlogged trees now, uh, some of them right side up and upside down in all different ways, are now literally sinking down into the lake, into the sediment. They've uh, already documented over 19,000 of these trees that are on their way to being petrified. All right, so they're, 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 they're uh, uh, being transformed even since 1980. And so when we go back to that uh, uh, geology book in the early 1900s and we look at some, some of those finds and we're going, how in the world did that happen? Listen, it's happened in our generation. Uh, with a, a small-scale destruction and then the aftermath of it. Listen, uh, the, the, the nature itself and, and the fossil record and all the rest of it, can I tell you uh, that uh, uh, true Bible believers, and, and there are thousands and thousands of scientists that are believers, uh, simply because everywhere they look in the Word of God, the Word of God is true. Let every man, or let God be true and every man a liar. And uh, man has their hypotheses. A man has their best guesses. But you know, when you go to the Word of God, you're getting the mind of God. And God is the one here that created it all. He was present. And what he writes about it and, and, and says about it is something that you and I, we can trust completely. Uh, I tell you, this is just one of these areas where there are so many opportunities for God's people Uh, to share with others of a coming judgment that's going to be much worse than even this judgment of water. Because 2 Peter tells us that the next judgment that's coming is not water, it's fire. And all that we would understand the signs of the times, all that we would have a a grip on, are we living in in the days of Noah? Are we at that point here in society where we are mirroring what had taken place in, uh, in the Old Testament. So let's go in our notes. You have uh, those uh, inside your bulletin. First of all, number one, let's look at the days of Noah themselves. All right, the days, number one, of Noah. I'd like to read another passage of Scripture, if I could. Um, Before we get to Hebrews chapter number 11, I'd like you to go to Luke chapter 17. Gospel of Luke chapter number 17. 
Let me begin reading in verse number 25. The Bible says, But first must he suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot. So here in the Gospel of Luke, not only is it the days of Noah, but they've added now uh, an, an example of the days of Lot. And that's going to give us a little key as to what is the days of Noah? Or what are the days of Lot? And what was taking place? And why did God have to judge? Uh, letter A in your notes this morning, going back to Genesis chapter number 6, I want you to see uh, that it was a day of uh, ingenuity when it came to man. Now just stay with me here just a little bit. The ingenuity of man. You know, they tell us today that we have the capacity to use about 10% of our brain. Uh, some of us a little bit more, some of us a little less. Uh, you always got to be careful when you say, I'm going to give somebody a piece of my mind. Uh, we don't have a lot of it to give away, all right? So uh, the reality is the mind that Adam and Eve had and the ability that they had compared to where we are is just Unbelievable. You know, uh, evolution would tell us that, oh no, we started in caves, or we started as a chimpanzee, or we started as some uh, amoeba somewhere climbing out of a you know, slime pit, and we have progressively gotten better and better and better. The Bible gives us totally the opposite. Uh, the Bible deals with uh, not evolution, but really devolution. Uh, we, are, we are really uh, getting worse and worse and worse. Humanity, even shortly after creation, it's astounding as you read through the Bible and you pause long enough to just say, wow, what a society or what a civilization. The ingenuity of man. Now, you and I, we are, we are a little bit limited in our bodies because, you know, if we live 70, 80 years uh, pretty productive, and then you get in the 90s and you're slowing down a little bit, uh, and then some make it to, you know, that 100. Uh, the, the truth is, in Bible time, that would have been a spring chicken. Because all through the Scriptures you see here that whether it was just the, the way God protected mankind at that time, uh, some have talked about here uh, uh, some kind of a canopy uh, over the earth where the uh, waters were that came down and the waters from underneath, whatever it may have been. The Bible says uh, that the average lifespan is over 900 years. Now, can you imagine that? What, what, what could man come up with when you have not just one lifetime, but let's live ten lifetimes in, 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 in our understanding, or twelve lifetimes, or fourteen lifetimes? What, what is man capable of? The ingenuity of mankind and what they were able to do with the intellect that they had, that was God-given. Uh, we see here, uh, right away, Genesis 4, 17, Cain built a city. It doesn't say Cain went crawling into a cave somewhere. It says he was a builder. He built a city. It didn't say he built a village. He built a town. He built a community. He built a city. 
What, what wherewithal did he have in that, that, that brain that God gave here to mankind to be able to do some of the things that they did uh, there in these first few chapters of Genesis? Uh, we we say, see the grandchildren here of Cain. Um, and uh, there is a, a great-grandchildren and so on. Uh, Jabel, in verse number 20, he is going to be the father of uh, domesticating animals and uh, dwelling in tents. And so you have the idea of, uh, of uh, someone here that's caring for large amounts of animals out where they need to graze and, and so on. Uh, he's got a brother, verse 21, Jubal. Uh, that was the father of all musical instruments. Uh, uh, Tubal Cain, Genesis 4.22, the father of uh, metallurgy. You know, again, we talk about, you know, well, we've got the Bronze Age and this and this and this and, you know, all through time. And, and uh, you know, we started uh, very simple and then we've become more complex. No, 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 no. The Bible gives to us here that very early on they had the ability to work with metal and iron. And that we see here their ingenuity uh, over and over again. Uh, Let's go through a couple slides here. Um, Again, uh, we can't explain some of the things that were created and how they were created. You can get on the internet and, and, and search. I mean, they still don't have a clue as to how uh, some of these huge, gigantic stones that were used in some of the great buildings uh, in ancient times, uh, how they were uh, created and how they were moved and, and, and by what mechanism you move them. We don't have the ability today. And it's just like, how can chimpanzees do that? You know, it wasn't chimpanzees. It was highly intelligent. Individuals that had a developed brain that, that really was unlimited here as to uh, the capability. Uh, God saw to that. Isn't that why we have the, st- uh, the story there in Genesis 11 of uh, the Tower of Babel? And God's saying, listen, they're building this structure. It's going to reach heaven. Uh, we've got to confound the languages. Why? Uh, this runaway uh, expression of the intellect that God had blessed mankind with. So, so let's bring that to today. Wow, are we living in a day where knowledge is increasing exponentially. Uh, got to see uh, my brother-in-law. Where's my wife? Is she in the room? She's probably in nursery. Nursery, of course. Uh, her brother came over uh, yesterday afternoon, and he's a researcher um, and uh, writes quite a bit. And he's in the realm of technology, and he just started, just, I mean, you know, you're, you're, you just kind of go, boy, you know, it's hard, it's hard to keep up with his brain as it's just racing through where he's going. He's also uh, heavily divested in, in, in financially a lot of this cutting-edge kind of stuff, and, and uh, it's just amazing on uh, his study right now and just the genome and what's taking place here, uh, and, and what man is going to be able to do, and the splicing of genes, and this and that, and creating parts. And, and he says, yeah, they've developed skin now. They could just take it and, uh, you know, just put it right over. And again, it's not my area of study, but it's something that you're going, whoa, interchangeable parts, you know. Oh, I need a new kidney. 
All right, and so you, you, you go to your desktop printer and print one out, you know, not quite, not quite like that, you know, yet, but it's amazing, it's astounding. What's going on? How knowledge here is exponentially growing and multiplying, and we're going, wow, that sounds a lot like what was going on in Noah's day. It's an amazing thing. Uh, there are things that have been uncovered here uh, in for instance, this is a gold bell found in a lump of coal in 1944 in West Virginia. A cast iron pot found in coal in 1912. How do you find that in coal if you follow the evolutionary uh, uh, mantra? It just isn't supposed to happen. That's millions and millions of years ago that that was laid down. How in the world can you have a bell? inside coal how in the world can you have here an iron pot found in coal something's not right yeah they don't have a biblical paradigm they don't have a they, they don't have an anchor to go back to and say hey that's saith the lord that's what the word of god says i can trust it it's true and, and, and you can go ahead and keep printing out your books on evolution and printing out your books on humanism. It's not going to change the reality that for the child of God, we're resting in the sure word of God. And uh, we see that God has been found out to be accurate time and time again. Here's another picture. Uh, that, that, that is what you think it is. It's, it's a hammer in stone. In stone. How, how did that happen? How, how, how did that happen? How, how did that come about? Well, I tell you what, we, we've got very early on uh, very intellectual human beings that were being used to accomplish some amazing things. And then you had a worldwide flood. And you had a catastrophe that's never been known up in the history of our planet. And you had all kinds of things that took place, uh, including things like this. This is kind of interesting, and I, I don't know the whole story here behind it, but uh, it, it's actually found as a fossil embedded, and uh, it, it is mechanical in nature. I, I don't know how to describe it. Mankind doesn't know how to describe it. They look at that and, it's, and, and there's others with little gears and things and they're going, whoa, where, where did this come from? Uh, can I just say that there was a population of very highly intelligent humans that lived on this earth and nothing was beyond their abilities. And God, because they rejected him, had to send a judgment because of their pride and their arrogance. Letter B, the immorality of man. Let's go to Genesis chapter number 6. And the scripture says, And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them. Listen, we're not talking about a community here. We're talking about here the population explosion that's taking place. It's hard for us to even imagine how many people there could have been on the planet. I mean, you're living to 900 years old. You're having children when you're 600. Some of you ladies are going, what? <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, 
uh, Noah, uh, the Bible says at the end of chapter number 5, that he had his sons when he was 500 years old. Verse number 32, and Noah was 500 years old. And Noah begat Shem, him, and Japheth. And it's a wonderful little dialogue because it tells when, uh, you know, when, when uh, they had children and how old they were. And you're going, what kind of genetic freaks are these? All right? Compared to us, right? I mean, you know, we're, we're 30, we got 30-year-old girls that are, are praying that God will let them have a child. Right? Uh, and, and here you have a species uh, that was on the planet that uh, were procreating at an unbelievable rate. And, uh, and it just, it just, uh, it's kind of almost difficult for us to even wrap our minds around it. But the, the, the time was marked by immorality. Uh, again, I have to go and add not only the days of Noah, but also the days of Lot. We, we know what Lot was involved in. We know what Sodom and Gomorrah was about. We know what it means when society turns their back on God and says, I don't want God in my life anymore. Matter of fact, one of these children um, of uh, uh, Cain, and I don't think I I marked it here, Uh, yeah, Irad uh, would have been a grandson of Cain. He begat Mahuyel, and Mahujael begat Methusael. And uh, this, uh, this word, Mahujael, is actually blot out that Jew is God, or Jehovah's God, is what the word literally translated means. Blotted out that Jehovah's God. We're talking about, you know, just a couple generations after Cain, just blot out that there even is a God. Isn't that what society's doing today? Hey, God's not real. God's just a figment of, of, of our imagination. Uh, it's just for uh, some people that need a crutch. They, they have their crutch, and their crutch is, is God. Uh, listen, my God is much more than a crutch. He's my Savior. He, he saw me in my sinful condition and, and, and that I could not save myself, and He provided an eternal plan. Matter of fact, that plan is already presented to us in Genesis chapter number 3 where the serpent is uh, there uh, going to be struggling against the seed of the woman. And it's a marvelous picture here of that combat through the ages to destroy the seed of the woman because the one that would come, that would crush the serpent's head, that uh, is Satan. That one that would come is the one that Satan did everything in his power uh, to keep God's plan from being fulfilled. And, and, And yet we see God's plan because God is sovereign, was absolutely fulfilled. But the immorality of the day and age, you have uh, Lamech in chapter 4, verse 23. He's multiplying wives, polygamy. And uh, you can just imagine here, a society gets farther and farther away from God, the immorality that follows. Uh, By the way, during this time, there's only two individuals that the Bible says walked with God. Think about that. Enoch walked with God. Noah walked with God. You say, Pastor, there's so few people in the world today that are actually walking with God or want families that know God and love God. I know. Because it's like the days of Noah. You say, oh, why does the whole world know the Lord? Because uh, the Adamic sinful condition of man 
and, and their innate rebellion against a holy God that made them, and the more proud we are because of our great accomplishments, the, the more we want to push God out of our life. And so we see that there is immorality and it abounds. And a part of that had to do, and I, I don't have a handle on all the explanation, and probably every one of us here have wrestled a little bit with chapter, verse 2 and 3 of Genesis chapter 6, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. Well, isn't that nice? All right? I want you and you and you and you and you. All right? Just the whole spirit of the age. See, God had a marvelous program, right? He had a husband and he had a wife. And, and God said they were to leave and cleave to each other. And they were to be husband and wife, one flesh. That was God's eternal plan. And yet man corrupted God's plan and perverted God's plan. And, and the Word of God gives us here a, a, a hint of that. And uh, there's... Different explanations that folks have. I'm not sure anybody has a, a, a real solid explanation to explain verse uh, number 2 or 3. But the Bible says that these sons of God that saw the daughters of men, they procreated, they took wives of all that they wanted. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, and uh, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. Pastor, how do you explain it? I'm not sure I've got a good explanation. Except I do know there were real giants that were a result of that. Some say, well, you know, uh, it's the righteous line of Seth, and you've got the perverted line of Cain, and uh, so they're intermingling and marriage here. That's, that's a possibility. There are some that would say, well, there's these demonic angels, fallen angels, and, and they're demonically possessing individuals. And uh, then through that union... That intercourse here uh, between uh, a, a human that is demonically possessed by this fallen angel, you have this race of giants. I don't know. Some just say, no, this is the remnant of the fallen angels that left their first estate. And uh, they were these giants that were in the land. And I can't give you a good answer, but I can tell you that perversion ruled and reigned through this world. And yes, there were giants in the land in those days. And archaeology proves it time and time and time again. Here's a little footprint uh, in stone of uh, one woman uh, with her foot inside another footprint. Uh, five toes. Uh, Bigfoot, right? That's a really big foot. And uh, I know on the internet there's all kinds of pictures of all kinds of things. You've got to be care careful. You can do a lot with uh, Photoshop, okay? Uh, but, you know, there are in museums here, especially some Christian uh, museums, some of these artifacts. Uh, here's uh, another one, uh, which is pretty amazing. This is uh, not in a museum. It's just out in certain areas here uh, on our planet. 
And, and just a comparison here of a foot within a foot. Here's a little video, just a couple minutes, but uh, I, I want you to see this because this guy's excited about uh, this giant footprint, and it got me excited, right? So I just wanted to show it to you. I don't believe that man's a Christian. I don't think he knows the Lord at all. Probably has believed uh, the evolutionary tale. But it is amazing what is out there uh, when it comes to giants. We know the story of David and Goliath. Uh, we know in uh, uh, Bible history, uh, the, the kings of Bashan, Og, and uh, their bed. And, and I mean, you're talking about probably comparable 18 feet uh, tall here to put this guy to, to rest at night. Uh, so there were giants that were biblically in the land. And uh, so uh, this is just something here that's uh, a little bit of a... a a help to us to see some of the artifacts. All right, let's close it down here this morning. Uh, we have looked at just getting our appetite wet, the ingenuity of mankind, what it was like in the days of Noah, uh, the immorality that prevailed both in Noah's day and Lot's day, and uh, then uh, let her see the imagination of man. And this is where we butt up against uh, the need for Noah to build his ark. The Bible tells us here uh, that it was wicked. Uh, and God saw, verse number 5, that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. can't imagine that kind of a society. We live in a, in a fairly gracious time. And, and yet the Bible declares here that when he looked down, he saw mankind. He saw mankind in its condition. And he said, listen, the imagination of their heart is just wicked. All they can think about is wickedness and doing wickedness. And, and God said, listen, what I've created, I'm going to have to destroy. The days of Noah... And uh, I'm asking the Lord over these next few weeks that this would become a, a starting point for us to have a little bit of a, uh, a time of study concerning our own day, what's going on and how that relates to Noah's time. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of Crown Point Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.